happening. We're thankful that you are here today. Again, this is Life Sunday. And we're going to go to the Word of the Lord today. But I'm going to have some help in sharing the Word of the Lord. And I've had the great privilege of tag-teaming a few times with my daughters. I did last year for our Life Sunday. I want to welcome Sister Anna Urshan Glasgow to come at this time. And she's going to share with you her heart and share with you the Word of the Lord. And then I'll be following up behind her. God bless you. Well, I was smart this time. I brought a tissue with me in case I cry again this time. So... I was smart, and thankfully I didn't have Braylon Ray Duvall going before me, getting me all emotional, so that, that was nice. <laughs> I'm so thankful to be here. Life Sunday is one of my favorite Sundays next to uh, Resurrection Sunday, and um, you know, last time I noticed there was kind of a heaviness to this Sunday, but today I feel like the weight has been lifted. I feel like the weight has been lifted. God is good. And we give him praise for it. Thank you, Jesus. In June of 2018, following a practice session, a football team of 12 boys and their assistant coach entered the Tom Long Cave, a complex six miles long in Thailand underground that only had one way in and one way out. It's full of dead ends, tight corners, and in some parts submerged completely underwater. The boys had been to the cave before and grew comfortable with it. You see, in most months, this cave was a fun, safe place to explore. But in the summer, it was very dangerous to, due to the uh, heavy rains. They did not see the signs of rain, and while they explored for what was supposed to be an hour, found themselves trapped in the cave by water. The head coach got worried and went back to check on the boys, only to find their bikes were left at the entrance of the cave. I wonder if you can imagine with me what would it have been like to innocently explore the rocks in the stream, just with pure curiosity of what you may find, only to end up trapped like these boys. How distracted would you have to be to not notice the rain and the water slowly rising? What goes through your mind as you desperately try to search for a way out but the sudden strength of the water current forces you deeper and deeper into the darkness of the cave. And when the dust finally settles and you're able to sit in a dry spot and take a breath, what's next? How are you going to get out of this horrible situation? You see, there is a sense of wonder about caves. They can be spacious, full of the most uniquely shaped rocks, jeweled with glistening crystals. There is a calmness and a quietness about them. You truly feel like you are worlds away when you venture into a cave. But just as beautiful as they are, they can become surprisingly gruesome. The deeper and the longer you go through the endless winding paths, you can grow exhausted and lost. What started out pleasant and extraordinary ends up being frightening and lonely. And when the food and the water run out, the battery flashlight dies and it's just you and the bats. I imagine it's quite scary. See, there are those here today who may have found themselves trapped in the darkness of the spiritual cave. It's there where anxiety keeps you up at night with his words, you won't be able to make it tomorrow. You aren't enough. This financial stress is going to hang over you forever and you are alone in this. 
You see, it's there in the cave, that hopelessness and depression insists that your life is so bad, there's no point to even try anymore. This is just how things go for you, and it weighs so heavy on you, you don't even know how to claim blessings anymore. You don't have the energy to claim them. It's there in the cave where suicide taunts you with her playful voice. I'm always an option. You wouldn't have to deal with this if you would just entertain me for a moment. You see, it's there where fear does his best to list out the reasons for why you have no value and will never be loved or understood. He will point out all the things people say and do to validate what he claims. It's there in the cave where despair reminds you of the cancer or the illness you are enduring and chanting a song of death in your ear. When we find ourselves trapped in this cave, it's tempting to try to find our way out. But like the 13 boys, we can get terribly lost. And though the possibility of dying in the cave is real, I'm here to tell someone today, you can and by the grace of God will survive the cave. In Jesus' name. See, Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't let things weigh you down. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let the request be known unto God. And the peace of God will passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You see, you may be in a spot where you don't even know where to begin in your prayer life. You don't even know where to begin. There's so many things just falling apart. But the Bible says, when you start our prayers with thanksgiving, we can't help but end up in his presence. Psalms 104 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. See, there's this big gate and behind that gate is his castle and in that castle is his courts and if you can get to those courts, you'll be in his presence. But you're not gonna get through that gate trying to squeeze through the bars and you're not gonna get through that gate trying to climb over the bars. You have to have the key and the key is thanksgiving. And it, and it may start out kind of silly because you're not really feeling thankful. It may start out like, well, God, thank you for my shoes. They help me not step on pebbles. And, uh, you know, thank you for my coat. It, it keeps me warm when the wind blows. And thank you for my car. I, I don't know if it's going to get to me to work in a full set, but it gets me there. And, in fact, thank you for my job because I'm able to provide food on my table. And, and thank you for the family around the table. And you know what? Thank you for a bed at night. There's springs popping up, but it, at least I don't have to sleep on the floor. In fact, thank you for waking me up today. You woke me up with breath and new beginnings. Lord, you are good. You, you have mercy over me. That's how it starts. If you don't know where to begin, start there. And you will end up in his courts with praise. And what was lonely becomes full of his presence. The only way, the only way to open the gate is his key, to his kingdom is by giving thanks. That is the key. So finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, can you say true? true. Whatsoever things are honest, honest. whatsoever things are pure, pure. Oh, whatsoever things are just, just. whatsoever things are lovely, lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, good. if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things.
ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you. You know, notice the verbs in the sentence are past tense. Learned, received, heard, and seen. When you're in the cave, you're not seeing a whole lot. When you're in the cave, the voices you're hearing, they're not great. You're probably not in a season of learning or receiving. You're in a season of surviving. You have to take a step back and remember the things he has done or promised you before you stepped into the cave. Jesus. Remember the times on the mountaintop when you could hear his voice clearly. Don't forget his goodness near the shore or the freedom you had in the field. His grace is sufficient. Whether you are in the lonely cave or at the highest mountaintop, he is still good. He is still worthy. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So start running your thought process through the filter. Is this pure? Is this lovely? Is this good report? No? Then stop dwelling on it and replace it with something that is. This scripture is commissioning us to stop making an altar out of our feelings based on our current situations. Our feelings are fickle. They aren't always just, they aren't always pure, and they aren't always true. When your feelings are your altar, you will live in constant confusion, dissatisfaction, and your mind will always be in utter chaos. But when we think on these things, his peace will drown out all depression and anxiety, and he will mute out all confusion. What a merciful God we serve. He wants you to live a fulfilled life, and he wants you to live a life full of victory and ambition outside of the cave. You are worthy and valuable enough for him because he loves you. Life is a beautiful blessing from the Lord, and we are able to have strength through the trials we face as we go along. If you can submit to what God wants for you, you will not just survive the depths of the cave, but you will eventually thrive. Okay, so Anna, you're saying if I seek his presence, if I think on the good things, then I'll have peace and I'll survive the cave. That's awesome, but um, how do we get out? I'm so glad you asked. Okay. <laughs> then Thai Navy SEALs sounded the alarm that evening and began to try to develop a plan to get the boys out. You see, they struggled to find where the boys were due to the high waters and the rough currents. Their methods didn't seem to work. Days went by before they realized they were going to have to call outside help. They called a man by the name of Vernon Unsworth, a British underground cave explorer. He knew the cave well, very well. When he got there, he immediately began to form a team and a plan and got the world's best divers involved. He knew the weather conditions were just going to get worse and that, may, that they may lose someone at some point in the mission. It was a slim chance that all the boys had survived this long and the divers were mentally prepared just to find dead bodies. They had traveled into multiple different routes and finally they found the boys alive. All 13 of them had survived. They were there for nine days before the divers finally found them. They were able to receive food and water, medical help from the divers. 
The Thai Navy SEALs' intentions may have been good, but they didn't know the cave well enough to find the boys. See, Vernon wasn't just a cave explorer, but technically a cave survivor. He would find himself in plenty of situations that could easily become dangerous, but he made it. He knew the ins and outs. He didn't mind the areas most people would be too scared to squeeze through. He wasn't intimidated by this cave. No, no, he had already been in it and out of it. I wonder, where are my cave survivors? Do you remember God led you out of the darkness? Do you remember when he brought you out of the miry clay to set your feet on the rock to stay? See, I'm calling all cave survivors who remember a day when all hope was lost. Life was not going as planned, and the world seemed to be crashing down. But in the midst of that, God found you, he nourished you, and gave you the strength to get back. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Someone give him praise for his deliverance. Someone give him praise for the protection in your life. Can someone give him praise for his healing power? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, you are worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's so worthy of it. Thank you, Lord. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. In fact, it will be extremely challenging. Vernon and his team had to figure out a plan to get the boys out safely. Normally, something like this would take weeks or months to get everyone out. But because of the drastic weather conditions, the diving team had to plan quickly. They didn't have weeks or months. Instead, in just two weeks' time, they had the search and the rescue mission completed. They had no choice but to launch into the effort despite the treacherous weather and the very real threat of potential death for the divers. The task was not easy. It took multiple divers. It took sedation, air masks, and zip lines. It took more than a day to safely get the boys out. One diver even lost his life. No one told this team of divers the rescue mission was going to be easy or convenient. They were well aware of the dangers involved to save these young boys. But the call, the call was too great. The burden was too heavy. See, they were willing to risk their own lives to save those trapped in the cave. Today, God is calling on the cave survivors to answer the call of becoming cave divers. Are you willing to suit up, plan, and develop the skills it takes to go back into the dark cave and save those who need you? Are you willing to call God? Are you willing to accept the call God has a place on your heart to go deep into the dark depths of the human pain to help someone else's life and internal soul? Are you ready for the late night calls, the sudden season prayer, late night drop-offs on your way home from church, the trauma that can be involved with the desperation of the cave? I believe we're ready. God brought us safely out of the cave so we can know the pathways in and out. He called us out so we could dive back in and rescue the dying. If you are committed to not only surviving the cave, but diving into this season and opportunity to reach the lost with hope of the gospel, lift your hands and voice and declare it today. Thank you, Jesus. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
We're not here on accident. We're here on purpose. When, when Anna was born, Heidi and I were very young. We were married for three months when we found out we were going to have a baby. I wanted to wait five years. She wanted to wait two years. So we compromised, and three months in, we found out we were going to have a baby. I knew that I could be a husband, or at least thought I could, and yet I was very concerned about becoming a father. That, that prospect frightened me, and, and I had never really considered that. And so when we went to the doctor, Heidi was elated, and I was too. I was just scared about whether I could do this or not. And I remember when the, the test came back and our, our suspicion was confirmed that she was expecting, and the test result read P-O-S, period. And I said, oh, possibly, possibly. That's what that meant, possibly. And that's not what that meant. It meant positive, and it indeed was and is and has been very positive. I, amen. I remember when both of my little girls were born, I wept. My wife and I, we wept with joy because of these souls that were entering into the world. And for nine months, they were being formed in the womb by the hand of God. And the scripture confirms that to us in the story of the prophet Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah says this, the Lord says it to him, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you and I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. And I have sent you, he said, to root out, to destroy, to tear down, to build up, to plant. Jeremiah, from before he was formed in the womb, before God went to work on forming him, he knew the purpose for his life. And I want every person in this room today to understand that before God formed you, he knew you. And it doesn't matter the circumstances that brought you into this world. I said it does not matter the circumstances that brought you into this world. You may think that you were an accident. But hear me, even if your parents didn't plan on it, the moment you were conceived, God said my purpose is going to be upon this individual. And as he formed you, he already knew his design for your life. I want you to know, oh I feel the Holy Ghost, it is God's will that you have joy. It is God's will that you have peace. It is God's will that you have love and life and happiness and faith forever. Before he formed you, he knew you and ordained you for his purposes. And, and when we look at the 20th chapter of the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah makes this statement. He has now gone into the purpose of his life. And as he's in the purpose of his life, he's rooting out, destroying, tearing down, building up, planting. He's exhausted. Do you know our nickname for him is the weeping prophet? His job was terribly uneasy. As Sister Anna talked about, it was... It was a cave that he was in. 
And as a matter of fact, he was literally put down into a pit to die. He was lifted up out of that pit by the mercy of others, but he was put into the pit to die. This was Jeremiah's lot. And in Jeremiah chapter 20, he came to a place where he said, I wish I would have never been born. He said, cursed be the day that I came into the earth. He said, oh, that I would have perished in my mother's womb. Oh, that my mother's womb would have been my graveyard and my resting place. He got to that point where he was in the cave and things were dark and empty and his life was broken. And some of you have arrived at that point. And you may remember being at that point. But I'm thankful that before chapter 20 comes, chapter 1 comes. I said, I'm glad chapter 1 reads that before I formed you, I knew you and ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. Yes, we're talking to the cave dwellers. We're talking to the cave survivors. We're talking to the cave divers now. Listen, you're not meant to stay in that cave. Before God formed you, he had known you and ordained you for his purpose. And if you'll trust in him and lean on him and obey him, every twist and turn, every topsy-turvy moment of this journey will lead you to a place of fulfilling the purpose of God in your life. Oh, hallelujah. John the Baptist came to a cave in his life. He was in prison awaiting execution knowing this will not end well. And while he's inside the prison, thinking that he gave his whole life to preparing the way for Jesus Christ, and yet I'm in prison, about to die. Not what we have in mind when we think about the purpose of God being fulfilled in our lives. We certainly think about parting Red Seas. We certainly think about walls of Jericho falling flat. We think about mountaintop glory. We don't think about dwelling in prison caves and yet that's where John the Baptist was he's in the cave he's in the prison and he asked a question that the greatest prophet born of a woman would ask and it's shocking to hear it from him he he ranks higher than Moses higher than Elijah higher than David higher than Elisha in terms of prophetic rank because there was none greater than him according to Jesus and out of his mouth this great not great but greatest prophet John the Baptist makes this forms this question are you he or should we look for another go ask Jesus did I waste my life serving him did I waste my life preparing the way for him? Never, never thought I'd face this kind of depression. Never thought I'd face this kind of a mental struggle. Never thought I'd face this kind of an emotional battle. But here I am, dripping with anointing, stuck in a cave, lost in a prison. And I do have some questions. Are you he or should we look for another? 
Oh, Brother John the Baptist, let me take you back to chapter 1. Let me take you back to when you were in your mother's womb. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, walked in to salute your mother. And at the salutation of Mary, the mother of Jesus, inside your mother's womb, the purpose and the plan and the providence of God was already at work in your little life. Don't you tell me that's not a person in that womb. Don't you tell me that's not a purpose in that womb. Don't you tell me that's not a man or a woman, a little child destined by God to fulfill his purpose. And I'm going to tell you something. This is why the world has launched all of its ads and all of its educational efforts and all of its systematic design to instill a false doctrine of devils into the minds of the children of our nation because it wants to forfeit and yes abort what God would want to do in these children's lives but God has a purpose God has a plan tree of life we've got to dive into the cave we've got to jump on in head first both feet grab your grab your snorkel gear get your scuba gear we're going diving we've been there and he brought us out I need the cave survivors to say he brought me out of the miry clay but he didn't just bring me out to set me on a church chair he brought me out to reach back in and rescue the perishing There is purpose by God for every person. Hallelujah. I remember our dear friend, Brother Luke Levine, great preacher and pastor, great preacher of the gospel, has preached in this church a number of times. And I remember the stories of his mother when she was faced with the decision that so many women in our society today are faced with. She decided she was going to not bring this child into a world that was so full of pain and heartache and hurt. And she had made the decision to, to just end his life in the womb. And as she entered into that clinic and for a consultation, she had nobody to watch her toddler. Her toddler was with her for the consultation. And, and, and the little girl, Luke's older sister, was just maybe three, four years old. But when she asked what they were doing there and the mother tried to explain in a way that a child could understood and understand the child understood and the Holy Ghost moved on that little girl and she began to cry out mama don't do it mama 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 that's that's my baby that's my baby mama mama please that's my baby and 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 something got a hold of that mother and she walked out of that place and said I'm never going back I'm never going back. And thank God she didn't. That little boy grew up to be a mighty evangel, anointed with the Holy Ghost to preach the gospel around the world. And there are more stories like that. God has a purpose for every person. Some of you remember Brother Logan Brunson, little Logan. Logan uh, was here at Tree of Life Church. He has gone on to be with the Lord. At a young age, he went on to be with the Lord. But Logan had a condition that they never diagnosed. 
It was a condition that plagued him from the womb. They never could diagnose it. They didn't know what it was. They just simply knew that he wasn't able to function like everybody else functioned. His parents stopped counting at 150 surgeries. They don't know how many surgeries Logan had to try to keep him alive through his life. And he was dependent on his parents until the day he went to be with the Lord. And there are some who, because of of a false, misdirected idea of what they think mercy looks like, would think that Logan's life lacked purpose. It didn't lack purpose. It was so full of the purpose of God. And, And all you had to do was ask Logan. Logan would tell you that he had purpose. Nobody answered that for him. He would tell you, no, I have purpose. He would sit out on the swing set. He had to keep an eye on him to make sure he didn't injure himself. But he would just kind of move back and forth on the swing, weeping and speaking in other tongues and singing and worshiping God. His favorite song was, Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. He sang it with all of his heart and he would get caught away for hours into the presence of God. When I went to his funeral, listen, when you met Logan, it lit your whole world up. He demonstrated more fruit of the Spirit than most of the people who had full functionality, independent functionality. Most of the people who would say that he didn't have purpose like they have purpose. They, they never demonstrated anywhere close to the fruit of the Spirit that Logan would demonstrate. His smile would light up the whole room. I found out at his funeral, there were senators there, there were politicians, there were business leaders that came in. Senator Rob Portman came to the funeral of Logan Brinson. When I sat there, I learned something for the first time about Logan, and I will never forget. It was the first time I heard it, and it was forever impressed into my spirit. His favorite verse of scripture was found in Psalm 34, and he quoted it all the time. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all his trouble. There are those who would say, God's not fair letting Logan live like he lived. But Logan knew from my mother's womb, I've had a purpose. And whenever I need him, the Lord hears my cry and he delivers me out of all my trouble. We don't get to answer for people as to whether they live or die. We just stand in the gap. We pray and we, and we encourage and we support and we bear one another's burdens. And there are mothers, single mothers, young, wed, young mothers and unwed mothers, mothers who are facing difficult situations in life. It is the responsibility of the church to step into those circumstances and say, let me show you Jesus. Let me show you Jesus. There's a forerunner in that womb. There's a weeping prophet in that womb. There's an evangel of fire in that womb. There's a Logan in that womb. There's somebody in that womb that God has put his purpose upon them. 
We're not going to wag fingers of condemnation. We're going to extend hands of help and encouragement and compassion in the name of the Lord. If you believe it, could you lift your hands and your voices and give God praise. Come on, lift your hands all across this house. We, I want some cave survivors. I want some cave survivors who have been in the prison, who have been in the dark and lonely den. I want you to lift your hands right now and say, Lord, use me, use me. Hallelujah. If you'll stand with us right now. The presence of the Lord is in this place. I wonder if you could just lift your hands all across this house and begin to speak to God and say, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. You can use me. You can use me. You can use me. See, when we give unto the Lord, we're not just, we're not just trying to, we're not just trying to, to build a building. We're, we're trying to, we're trying to pursue vision. Hallelujah. We're going to raise by the help of God. We announced it Wednesday night. We're going to give as a church body $160,000 by Resurrection Sunday. That's just a little less than 50 days from now. If you believe in faith that we're going to accomplish it, could you give God praise? Come on, praise Him like it's already happened. Praise Him like He's already provided. But I want you to know that when we give unto the Lord in this way, we're not just giving to material, material need. We are giving to the vision God has for this city. There are people in this city right now that we've never met, and they're going to be pillars of this assembly. There are people in this city right now that have never even received the Holy Ghost in their lives, but they're going to, and they're going to be some of the most wonderful Sunday school teachers this church has ever known. There are people in this city, I said people in this city, and they're in the wombs of, of women in this city, women that are facing difficult decisions. We're going to step in and say, there is hope at the Tree of Life Church. There are people here who love you. They're cave who know how to get out of that cave I wonder if there's a cave survivor here you know who you are I wonder if you remember the night he found you I wonder if you remember the night that he dried your tears I wonder if you remember the moment hallelujah the moment where it sparked there's hope I can make it I remember specific moments in my life where the Lord just spoke to me. And I knew in that moment, everything was going to be all right. Do you remember that? Do you remember that happening? I, I, I want to see a show of hands. Do you remember that happening? Because we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't come out of all of that just to be glad we got out of all of it. No, he said, go and do thou likewise. I'm opening this altar for cave, cave dwellers. I'm opening this altar for cave survivors. I'm opening this altar for cave divers. I want some people who know the ins and the outs of the cave. Who know what it's like to suffer depression. And yet you have joy. Anybody got joy in the house this morning? <laughs> Glory! Hallelujah. 
Glory, brother Tyler. You were one of the first. You were you were one of the first getting baptized. You and Micaiah baptized in Jesus' name in this building. Yeah, you've got joy. Yeah, you've got joy. Joy like a river. Joy like a river. Anybody got joy? Has it always been that way, or do you remember when the Lord turned your sorrow into joy? Hallelujah. Glory to God. You got to get ready because they're coming. They're coming. They're coming from all over the city. They're coming from all over the city. If you've got something you need to get in order, it's time to get it in order because it's all hands on deck. We've got to be battle ready. We've got to be ready to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, lift up your hands again unto the Lord and lift up your voices unto his name. Touch my heart, touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use, you can use anything, Lord, you can use. Well, God wants to take you back to where it all started. His purpose never changed. You can use anything, Lord, you can use. Use me, you can use me. You can use anything, Lord. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You can use anything, Lord, you can Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You can use anything, Lord.
can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Just continue praying. The Holy Ghost is doing something. Reagan and Levi, I'd love to pray for you right now. Could you stretch forth your hand? This is Reagan and Levi Vestal. Missionaries, Sister Vestal, so good to see you. Missionaries to Malaysia. They're on their way back in just a few weeks. They were in Cincinnati for a long time. And one of the things I love is these young people are bought into the mission that God has called their parents to. They're sold out to it. They're sold out to the work of God. Just stretch forth your hands, would you, right now? Because the purpose of God is upon them. Will cry, these bones will sing. Let 